This is Lightning Playoff Rewind. Just make it hard on them. When you look at our four check, we didn't spend a lot of time in our D zone. When you make their skilled players play a lot of, uh, you know, play in their D zone a lot, it's hard on them. And they're so, they, they get tired and they don't have enough energy to play ozone. So that was a great job, but in the third, it just wasn't there. We've got to do a better job of uh, being in front and, and tying sticks and um, ultimately getting in lanes and trying to get those blocks. Um, you know, they do a good job of getting, getting them through, but that's a big thing that I focus on for next game is, is tying up those sticks and making life easy for passing. Like, I didn't think we were sitting back. You know, their first one they scored was complete. We just got way out of our structure and gave up a rush. We should have never gave up. And then in the end, couldn't kill a penalty and seeing I single goes in the third and all of a sudden you're down. What's that cliche, play not to lose? Yeah, I mean, you can look at that now. Guys were trying it. I, I think we were just, you know, maybe there was a little bit of mindset of, you know, we'll just close this one out, but obviously Toronto had different ideas. And, uh, you know, I know, good for them. We, uh, it's tough to come back on the road and in a playoff game, and they did, and um, got to give them credit for it. To break down yesterday's playoff action, here's Bobby Fenton on Lightning Radio 24-7 on the Lightning Mobile app. Welcome to Lightning Playoff Rewind and a good Tuesday morning. I mean, not great Tuesday morning, but good morning nonetheless. Here on the Strike 1025 HD2 in the Lightning Mobile app, I am Bobby Fenton. And obviously the outlook is not great after one of the most difficult to swallow Lightning Playoff losses that I can remember in team history. And what we thought would be a 2-2 series as we entered the third period last night, turns into another lightning loss, and it turns into a 3-1 Toronto series lead as we get set now and look ahead to Game 5 on Thursday night. So thank you for joining us today here on The Strike and here on Lightning Radio. It's a pleasure to be here always. It's never not a pleasure to be here. And like John Cooper said after the game last night, among the many things he said, still got a next game, still coming to the rink, and, you know, as long as you're doing that, you're worried about that next game. We'll look ahead and talk about what the Lightning need to do in Game 5. But obviously, we all need to process what happened last night. And listen, you might think, oh, well, I don't really want to talk about this. I don't want to think anything more about what happened. Deep in your subconscious, I mean, you wouldn't be tuned in otherwise. You're listening to me right now for a reason. You need to talk about it. And so we're going to try and get your minds right today. Uh, I'm not going to be a Pollyanna. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. We're just going to try and sort through everything uh, one by one. So thanks for taking the time to listen today. I hope we can make it worth your while. I am joined by the heartbeat of Lightning Radio, the producer, the director, the guy that makes it all go, Steve Versnick. Steve, good morning. Tough night last night. I know you were at the arena late, as always, after the game. And it had to be a tough feeling walking out of that arena after the way you had felt probably a mere 90 minutes before when, like I said, it looked like we were about to even things up and start a brand new two out of three series. Well, and, and because we're not used to this Lightning team giving up three goal leads. Like, that's been a staple of this team. When they get a lead late for years now, they've locked it down. I mean, you know, if they had a late lead, you did not come back on this team. And now we've seen two games in a row where they've given up the tying goal late and gone to overtime and lost it and that's that's not a usual feeling for this team particularly at home for this team no it's it's not your father's Tampa Bay Lightning it, it, that's for sure and that doesn't mean they're not a good team but like you said forget about a three goal lead like they were their specialty that what they won two cups on the strength of 
was a one-goal lead in the third period, and it was donezo. Like, they just locked it down, and it was just one of those things you got to take for granted after a while because it was so hard to come back on this team. And, you know, we played the soundbite there in the beginning, and you'll hear more throughout the show. But John Cooper was talking about how it happened, and I agree with him. It, You know, anytime something like this happens, the popular refrain is, oh, well, they sat back, they got casual, they, they lost their aggressiveness. I honestly did not feel like they sat back. I didn't think, oh, man, they're playing not to lose, they're taking it too easy. I didn't think any of those things were a problem. I mean, just watching the game, in fact, I think they could have sat back more and, and done more to make sure Toronto. They didn't need to score any more goals. They needed to make sure Toronto didn't score. So I didn't feel that. I don't know if you, like, watching the game felt that way, but I remember it was the same thing. Like, even with those Bucks tony Dungy teams in, in football where it always felt like they try to win the game, you know, 13-10. to 10. And once they got that 13-10 lead or 16-13 uh, or something like that, okay, that's it. We're not mm-hmm. going to score any more points. I didn't feel like the Lightning did anything like that last night. I just felt like they got a, maybe a little casual, but it wasn't because of a lack of trying, and I think they just... I think they let up on the forecheck some. I, I don't think they were sitting back in a prevent defense, to take yeah. a football term. But I don't think they were pressing like they were for the first two, two and a half periods, which gave them the four-goal lead, gave them lots of opportunity. I mean, Alex Kalorn himself should have had five goals last night or could yeah. have. Um, you know, I just I, – I, I don't want to say they, they took their foot off the gas, but they let it up just a little bit. I mean, you know, they slowed up just a little bit. And then, you know, the penalty that Bogosian took – that's where I started to go, uh-oh. You know, you gave up the 4-2 goal. You know, okay, you know, Toronto's a really good team. They're pushing. They got a goal. And then you took that penalty right after that. And you started going, uh, now you're giving them a power play, and they're pushing and surging. And that's where you started to kind of go, uh-oh, this isn't going to be an easy sledding down the, the road. And it turns out it that wasn't. That was bad. That was bad. And, yeah, a, a bunch of people – both on Twitter and texting me, were like, well, well, you Kerfoot, he's fallen down before Bojan's stick even gets there, blah, blah, blah. Why? I mean, it was a trip. He stuck his stick right between his legs. He tripped him up right around the knees. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with it. But, yeah, just a really bad penalty there. And like you said, the one thing you can't do when you're trying to protect a lead, forget about, oh, you know, pressing or not pressing or this, that, and the other. Don't take penalties. Like, the, above all else, do not take a penalty and give them a chance. And the power plays for both teams have been pretty successful in this series. I mean, the Lightning penalty kill, and Toronto's a good team. But mm-hmm. uh, Toronto now 6-for-17 uh, on the power play, so that's better than a one-third clip. It's around 35% clip there for Toronto. And so, and to, in the Lightning's defense, they're 5-for-17 on the power play. But either way, you just got to stay off special teams in those situations and just kind of just, like you said, skate out the clock. And they weren't able to do that. And yet, you know, so many people after the fact, oh, I knew when it was 4-3 we were in trouble. I felt okay. Even though they gave up the goal, I was like, okay, no big deal. Still 4-3. Still much rather have been the Lightning than the Leafs in that situation. And then the game-tying goal. And, and, and there were so many things that happened in this game. And... I kind of bemoaned Vassie's play on a couple of the previous shows we've done in this series. Even amidst that whole comeback last night, I didn't think any of the goals were bad except the game-tying goal that Toronto got only a short time later after the power play goal. And that's one, I don't know if you didn't see it, it was one of those weird shots from the point, which had been a problem recently. 
and it finds the back of the net somehow. It wasn't a quality shot, didn't have a lot on it or anything like that. That was one where that's not one the old Bassey would have let by. And, you know, obviously it shouldn't have come down to just that play, but that was a hard one to process too. It's hard seeing stuff like that happen because, like you said, it's just so foreign to us having watched this team lately in the past few years. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you know, in their defense a little bit, and and it's not look defense is a team game, and and the salary cap is what it is, et cetera. But you know, no McDonough, no Ruda, no Eric Chernak. I mean, you know, a lot of these guys that that take the hard minutes and are truly lockdown defensemen aren't on this team now, whether through free agency and trades with McDonough or Chernak being hurt. And, you know, it's testing their depth, and they're just not as, as good defensively. And they haven't been all season. I mean, no. look at the numbers, look at the stats, look at just the eye test this season. They haven't been as good. And it's, it's showing in these playoffs right now where they're not able to lock down these third-period leads. Yeah, and, like, I mean, for example, and this is the salary cap. It's part of the deal. But, like, mm-hmm. you sign Vassy to a contract like you sign him to, nearly $10 million. And he's already, even if he didn't, even if he retired – you're just paying him for what he already did, basically, was fine with me. Because, again, two Stanley Cups, so I'm not complaining at all. But when you sign guys to contracts like that, which you need to do, they, they earned it, that's, you know, in part the reason why guys like Palat can't be here. The guys like McDonough, who obviously they're missing sorely, can't be here. So then other people have to make it up, and, and you need to be godlike. I mean, I hate to say and make unreasonable demands. You need to at least be better than average and – that's, you know, looking at this series on paper before the series, I felt like, okay, that's the one big advantage we have is going to be goaltending. And Samsonov actually hasn't been that good either. So it's not like he's, people keep saying, oh, he's outplaying Vasilevsky. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I just think it's more that Vasilevsky has failed to be much better than him. And that's a spot where we needed to be way better than them because they're a little bit better than us in some other spots. And it hasn't happened. I'm looking for reasons to be positive here, Steve. Game three, after the first few minutes when Toronto got out to the lead, Lightning came back from two one-goal deficits, then dominated the rest of that game. Then last night, they dominated. They pretty much have dominated until the final 10 minutes last night. About 105 straight minutes of hockey, just a complete, I mean, an ass-kicking, I thought, both game three and game four. So if you're looking for any reasons to be optimistic going forward, can you draw on that? I mean, they have really, really taken it to Toronto under equal terms for a good portion of this series. It being down 3-1, that doesn't give you much to show for it. But psychologically, is that anything? Well, I, I look, I think with this group, they truly believe process over outcome. And that if you do the process right, the outcomes will come. It doesn't come every time. I mean, that's part of, in sports, sometimes the best team on the, on the ice that night doesn't win. That happens in sports, or happens in every sport. doesn't matter what it is. But over the course of time, if you're doing the process right and you have enough talent, that will win out. And I, they believe that. Now, they've got, to, they've got to show that they can go up to Toronto now and do it. Now, they did it one game up there, and the other game they got blown out. They did it last year. You know, they were down 3-2 to two oh, yeah. with two must-win games, and they trailed in both those games by a goal in game six and seven last year to the same team. You know, but I, I think they've got to figure out if they get a lead, how they can lock it down. 
you know, how they can and, – and, look, Toronto's a really good team, and they push. And when you've got guys like Marner and Matthews and Nylander out there and O'Reilly, who's been great this series, you know, that's not an easy task. This isn't – you're not taking on the pick-your-team Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, no, of course not. Uh, you know, and there's a reason Toronto is, what, the third or fourth best team in hockey this year based on points. And so – but they've got to figure out a way that if they get a lead – how they can prevent Toronto from coming back because that's two straight games on home ice you did that. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, this is a good Toronto team. I, we look at everything through the perspective of the Lightning and mm-hmm. we just expect them to be great because they're great. And you and I were talking about it before the show started and I was you know, looking back at the comeback and everything like that. And they made some really good plays. I mean, I, I don't think, and like I said, the first goal to make it 4 the first goal of the comeback, second goal for Toronto, to make it 4-2, like Cooper said in the soundbite we played. They got out of their structure a little bit. Okay, mm-hmm. it happens, no big deal. A guy like Austin Matthews is a really good player, and you give him a look like that in the slot, he's going to bury it a lot of the time. He did, fine, no big deal. Uh, the 4-3 goal on the power play, again, Matthews, incredible play. I mean, the puck's coming in. Vassie's where he's supposed to be. The hand-eye coordination, Matthews, like, almost effortlessly. I mean, it wasn't like some, like, he just skated by and, like, mm-hmm. barely moved his stick, but he, boop, pops it right in, redirects it. It was going 10 feet wide of the net before that. Hey, hats off, man. That's a great play. Now, you could mark him a little better, maybe, I guess, but, again, it's not something that you well, thought. You were oh, on the gosh. penalty kill, so, you you know, you've only got four defend or four players right. out there defending their five. He kind of skated through. Ian Cole got there a little late. But that's part of what happens on the power play sometimes. But like you said, it was such a quick tip. Yeah, it was with no effort that you know that's just a world class play. Right, and that again, even that one. All right, well, hey, you know, it's still four three, and then the game tying goal. Yes, that was bad, and that's something. I mean, Vasilevsky be the first one to tell you, and, and even the overtime winner, which at that point, that was a weird overtime. I, I, it's fifty fifty in your mind, but you feel like dead men walking, and then. Uh, they make a great – that was another great tip, uh, curve foot there. I mean, a, a, a puck and a little part of me was rewinding and thinking, oh, maybe he was all near the crossbar, looked a little high. No, he tipped it about, you know, belly button level, just picked it out of midair and not one that I blame Vassy for either. The penalty that led to that power play by Sergachev was a good one. I thought the look they were about to get was mm-hmm. going to be the game winner there, and Sergachev just did a, a bleep no play where it's like you're not scoring on that. I don't care what I have to do. Yep. And he took the penalty, and they score anyway. Would have been nice to get a kill. But, yeah, I mean, this is a good Toronto team, and I, it's not all the lightning failing to do what they're supposed to do. A lot of it you have to just say, hey, good job, guys. And yet – like I said, I mean, I was impressed. I was really impressed with the Lightning's play last night for most of the game. I'm sitting there. I'm watching. I'm thinking, man, like they've really dominated the last part of game three. And I didn't think they'd pick up right where they left off. I really didn't. Like I was worried about pushback from Toronto. Even though the Lightning lost the game the other night, I was like, oh, Toronto's going to play a lot better. And the Lightning, from the first shift, looked unbelievable last night again. And we're just hammering and hammering and hammering. I'm like, wow, this is I, like before the series, I said this the last show. Before the series, I thought Toronto was flat out better than the Lightning. And even though we're down three games to one now, I don't feel that way. Like I, I'm more confident in the Lightning's ability to beat these guys, having watched the actual run of play now for four games, than I was before the series started. And yet we're sitting here down three one—a very, very hollow, empty feeling. I have to say. Yeah, and and 
you know, one of the areas that the Lightning have actually done well in this series, except when it gets late in these last two games, has been faceoffs. You know, they were winning the faceoffs battle. Yeah. And then in overtime in game three, they lost the last five faceoffs, including the one on the power play that led to the, the goal in game three. And then game four, in overtime, they lost the first five faceoffs, giving Toronto momentum. Now, Toronto ended up losing the faceoff on that power play that they scored on. But as the game got later, Toronto was winning those faceoffs, which is what's helping their comeback. It's helping them yeah. to, to, despite the fact the Lightning have outplayed them for most of the game, you know, when it was coming down to crunch time, the Lightning weren't winning those key faceoffs. Yeah, and I'm always uh, like, I like to look at the stats and get deep in the numbers. And I always look at, I, I haven't done it this year, but even on numbers corner in past seasons, I've said here the team that wins the faceoff battle is, you know, usually it's irrelevant, basically, if you count total mm-hmm. faceoffs. But situational faceoffs do matter. Mm-hmm. And like you said, especially when you're protecting a lead, that's just. Even if you do nothing, if you're winning a few of the faceoffs, that's 20, 30 seconds every time you're just chewing off the clock to impede their chance to come back. So when they're winning each and every one over and over and over, it's like a video game. It's just an onslaught in your zone. Eventually stuff's going to get in there. And, yeah, I mean, you're just failing to kill time, basically. And I'm like you. I, you know, watching the game, uh, just, just watching it, I felt, especially when it got late in the period there and the comeback was kind of in the middle of happening, I, I thought faceoffs have got to be 2-1 to one for Toronto. And I looked it up, I went on the, my phone, looked at the stats, and it was like 50-50. I was like, wow, it feels like Toronto's won two out of every three faceoffs. And they were at that point in the game. But, yeah, over the course of the game, it wasn't that bad. Just situationally, when you're trying to kill penalties, when you're trying to hold leads, anything like that, they rear their head then. Total face-off stats, if you look at them normally, mm-hmm. don't tell you a ton about who won the game. It's not like one of those telltale stats or anything. And yet, in certain situations, they can be very important. And Toronto came up with the goods when they needed to. If you want to get a hold of us on the show, or at least of me on the email, I always like getting your emails. You can send one to bobbygameday at yahoo.com. It's B-O-B-B-Y-G-A-M-E-D-A-Y, bobbygameday at yahoo.com. Same thing on Twitter. Love interacting on Twitter. If you want to give me a follow or just tweet at me, at bobbygameday. The Lightning are off today, right, Steve? Since they have the extra day between games, this is a two-day break now. So they get today off, which mm-hmm. is needed. I don't care what happened last night. Tomorrow they'll pl- practice and then fly to Toronto. And, of course, Thursday night it's going to be game six, a 7 p.m. start for this one. It'll all be here on the Lightning Radio Network, of course. That is correct, yeah. The off day today. So uh, Lightning had an off day on Sunday, off day today. So you hope the rest helps, um, you know, and, and injuries and, you know, players that are nicked up in that, you know, you hope. That help. I mean, you know, I don't know if Braden Point looked 100 percent healthy last night. Um, Understandably. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, he. I mean, he. I don't think he played poorly or anything, but he didn't look. He didn't look his explosive normal self. Yeah. Um. You know, don't know how much of that. You know exactly what happened when he went into the boards in Game Three, but you know things like that. Maybe the extra day helps recovery for that too. Yep, and we'll talk about the injury situation for the Lightning on the other side. Of course, Eric Chernak's another one who uh, could have been mm-hmm. helpful last night on defense, <laughs> trying to hold that lead, and maybe you know, he, he's listed his day-to-day officially right now. We'll see. All that and more is coming up. Stay tuned. We'll take our first break. There's plenty more on the other side. As we roll through, this is Lightning Playoff Rewind on the Strike 1025 HD2 and the Lightning mobile app. 
Sports Nation. It's time to strike back. Stay up to date on all Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup playoff info, including watch parties, home plaza parties, ticket information, and more at tampabaylightning.com slash 2023 playoffs. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Be the thunder. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind with Bobby Fenton on Lightning Radio 24-7 on the Lightning mobile app. I think we're just on pucks. We're getting pucks behind their D. You know, we stay on the four check. We uh, made it hard for them, I thought. And uh, like I said, I think we got away from that a little bit in the third period, a little bit too much sitting back. Like I said, credit them. They, it's a good team there. Consistent play, I think, in the first two periods tonight. We were, we were a really good team, just like the game before. So if we can be consistent in that throughout a whole game, um, I like our chances. It's tough because if you look at the big picture, you're right. We've done a ton of good things, and we've scored enough goals to win. Uh, in the end, you got to keep them out of the net. You can't be giving up this amount of goals. I don't care, regular season, playoffs especially. You're going to give up five goals. I'm not sure you deserve to win the game. Uh, you uh, you put four on the board. Uh, that should be a win. And we didn't. So in the end, you got to defend, and you got to keep the puck out of your net. And we didn't do it enough. And uh, again, credit to the Leafs. That was Lighting head coach John Cooper there. The last clip you heard, this is Lighting Playoff Rewind on the strike. 102.5 HD2 in the Lighting Mobile Lab. Bobby Fenton along with Steve Versnick on this Tuesday morning. This is just me saying this, but just listening to Cooper there talking about you know how they scored four goals. That's usually enough to win. you got to play defense. I've heard him say that so many times the past season, maybe the past couple seasons. I feel like he's, I don't want to say fed up, but I feel like he's like kind of accepted we're just not good enough on D. They're not good enough defensively. Like this is a team that used to be good defensively when they needed to be. They don't have all of those guys anymore. And maybe resigned isn't the word, but I think he knows they're trying to outscore all their issues. And even when they finally do get to four goals or so, even that's not enough. You're kind of like, Oh, we got to get better defense. That's just what he feels. It feels like he's saying, even though he's not saying it in so many words. Yeah, I mean, I look it, it, as we discussed. It's we've known all year this team is not as good defensively, and it's not just the defensemen. It's everyone. I mean, you know, defense is a, a you know a six-player. Oh yeah. Game on the ice, but we know the changes help. in the defensive core. We we know this team. I mean, you can look at the stats. You can look at the standings. You can look at everything this year. You knew that this team isn't as good defensively. But it's still, I don't want to say shocking, but it's hard to see this team, and I believe for the first time ever in the playoffs, give up a three-goal lead in the third period. Yes. That that's something this time. team never does. That's actually the first time I think they said that's the first time the Lightning have ever lost a game any point where they had a three-goal lead in the playoffs. Wow. Which makes sense. I can't remember it ever happening. Yeah. And, and and because we're so used to this team being able to lock teams down. You know, I mean, you have a three-goal lead. Okay. Maybe they get a power play goal. Maybe they get a tip. They, you know, they, you, you know you're going to – they may get a goal or so, but three goals? That's – you know, that's a team that's that's not as good defensively as we're used to seeing. No. And you mentioned it off the air before the show, but I'll say it on the air. You were saying what, mm-hmm. one of the MVPs of the series here, Michael Bunting for Toronto, just for taking out Chernak, who mm-hmm. we hope maybe we'll be able to play with a couple more days rest in game five. But it's not like this team was all world on defense to begin with and now missing a guy like that. I mean, last night you could tell, and Bogosian actually didn't have a bad game. The penalty was mm-hmm. bad, but grading out the analytics, just looking, I'll go over it all, uh, with the numbers in a little bit. He, he didn't play poorly at all, 
And yet, yeah, that's a big mm-hmm. miss. And, you know, well, Bunting's it, it, not a bad player, but I'd trade. I'd rather have Chernak and Bunting both playing than neither of them playing from the Lightning's perspective easily. Well, if you're going to compare it, I mean, they were able to bring in Matthew Nyes, who's playing really well yeah, in, in place of Bunting. But by losing Chernak, you lost your shutdown pair. I mean, Chernak and Ian Cole were your first over the boards in the penalty kill when you needed a big stop. You know, you broke that. That pair is not together now. And so everybody's shifting around. Everybody's taking on different roles. And it, it it's really impacted the back end of this team. And injuries happen in the playoffs, and you have to deal with them and figure out a way to get by them. And and while I think if they had Chernak last night, they don't give up a three-goal lead in the third, even without him, you can't give up a three-goal lead in the third period. Oh, no, no. No excuse. You know. and Yeah, so it's not an excuse, but it, it's impacted this series, his absence. And – you know, just going back over that whole game, you know, obviously what's going to stick is the final period. But I'm trying, I'm trying, because I mean, we could come in here and just talk about nothing but the third period. Want to give equal time to the things the Lightning did well last night, because if nothing else, maybe it portends well for the future. And like I said last segment, they, they came out right from the get-go looking really, really good. Uh, basically outplayed Toronto now for five periods straight. Owned almost all possession in the first couple of periods. Didn't have any space. Toronto looked like they had nowhere to go. There wasn't any really grade-A chances. Even the early penalty the Lightning got, or or the Lightning took, Toronto had the early power play. They get the breakaway by Hagel. He gets called, tripped from behind. They never, I was like, they're not going to call a penalty shot. They never call a penalty shot in these situations. They give him the penalty shot, which effectively, and, and let me say this, normally, and you don't get to choose. I know Michigan and Espo talked about it on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. I might want the two-minute power play over the one all-in, one-chance penalty shot. Well, particularly but when you're with, shorthanded, I'd rather do what they did and take the penalty shot. No, no, you're shorthanded. I'll take the penalty every de- time. So you'd rather? Okay, that's interesting. So you'd rather? I want to take. The I want to take them to off. Take the power I want to take away. them off the power play. So I think having a chance to score a goal, and, and particularly, I mean, and, and part of it may depend on who's shooting it too. That's true. No, that's totally true. Definitely. You know, if it's it Stamkos or Cooch, maybe I feel differently than Hagel, who it was. Or, But I'd rather take them off the power play. Yeah, and what was it? With the time, there was about a minute left, a little over a minute. It was mm-hmm. uh, not the whole power four, play, but it was like early. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's two schools of thought. You can say, well, we kill their penalty right now just by taking a penalty, and it's four on four, and then we're good. On the other hand, a goal, like the, the goal is the thing. I always think, what's the best chance we have of scoring a goal, this shot or a power play? And so we're only getting a four-on-four out of this if we take the penalty. I'd rather You're getting a four-on-four, but you're going to get a power play on the back end. Right, and you're also still going to get two minutes. You're not going to get two minutes worth, but... Well, yeah, you're getting a shorty, which I don't, you know, that's... But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I guess... What do you think of the rule? Is that a rule you think that... And it doesn't I've never understood why you don't get to choose. You should get to choose. I mean, for, for instance, or get both. But but look, if I'm Toronto in that case, okay, I'm on the power play. Okay, we're going to talk about Sheldon Keith talking about manipulating the refs and that in real time they're thinking this. Okay, I'm shorthand. We're we're on the power play. They're going to get a breakaway. I can stay on the power play if I if I trip him and take a penalty since he's clear of me. So even if they score, we still have a shot to get that goal back within a minute because we got a minute left in the power play. So we'll just yep. go ahead and we'll go ahead and make sure that they get a penalty shot instead of a power play so we still have our power play. 
I mean, I, I, I think the team should get to choose. I, I mean, it'd be a good idea. For, for instance, like let's, said, let's say let's say it was a defenseman that broke clear that doesn't take shootout goals and penalty right, shots. Care I mean, about that. you know, and so you don't, you know. That's why I said I, I think the team who committed the penalty should get the worst of whatever the other team wants. That's the whole point. You committed the penalty. Let the other team choose. I've never understood why it's an automatic penalty shot. Yeah, I mean, the situation's going to come up once a year, maybe, so it's not yeah. a huge pressing well, issue, but yeah, it's a good question. And Michigan it's, even it's, brought up it should be you get a penalty shot, and if you don't make it, then you get a power play. Right, you get both. Yeah, it's almost like a delayed penalty. Here you get the shot. If you don't score, we'll call the penalty. If you do score, we erase it. That's fair enough, but... But you uh, can manipulate know. that, too, where if you're up a goal late and then you've got a penalty shot coming, you just purposely miss the penalty shot, so you stay on the power play to, to prevent them from having even strength to, to come back. But that's why I said I think I think the I mean, if you score you're up two anyway so I mean, yeah. either way but I, I it's think like the, football taking yeah. a knee at the one instead of letting them have the ball back but I, I think I think the team should be able to choose I don't understand why the ref gets to make that determination why shouldn't the team choose whatever's most advantageous for them since they were fouled yeah no I agree and I think anytime you can involve more game theory that's fun you know it, mm-hmm. it, it let let guys make choices things that can be questioned later and you know you're always to me. And this is true for football. This is true for, like, should I go for it? Should I kick? All these decisions. Not only should you be thinking of it from your perspective, but think of the other team and what they're rooting for you to do and then do the opposite. So if I was Toronto there, I probably would have wanted us to take the penalty shot, mm-hmm. stop it, and then go back on my power play as opposed to, yeah, you're right. right. But even if you it, gave so. up the goal, you're still on the power play and for yeah, a chance to get, get goal that goal back. back. Mm-hmm. So. And speaking of what you mentioned, what Sheldon Keefe said, and we didn't talk about it last show, but yeah, that incident with uh, Braden Point getting pushed into the boards by Morgan Riley and the whole ensuing thing, and Sheldon Keefe goes and says that the Lightning intentionally jumped their players because they knew it didn't matter at that point they were going to even everything up anyway, and when, so it, no, hey, he, let's he tackle thought, everybody. He said we're getting a power play, so they took our guys off. Well, who right, thought they yeah, were getting they, a power play when that happened? Right. Who thought that? Right. That's what I'm saying. We thought we were getting one. The officials called it a major. Yeah. They didn't think it was your power play. So Stamkos and Kucherov, our power play studs, aren't going to voluntarily sacrifice themselves. when we, I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. what he thinks we thought, but we thought we were getting a power play. Everybody besides them apparently thought that. That was purely just taking pressure off his players. Yeah. That shut your gap. I remember Tortorella doing it, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, say something, say something ridiculous, you know. The tort's a little different than that, but Sheldon Keefe, say something ridiculous so that the heat is on me and trying to – on the lightning instead of on my players who, you know, we know the pressure that Toronto is under to finally win a series. And, you know, now they're going to be under even more pressure because how many times have they gotten to three wins and not been able to get that fourth win? Now, they usually don't have a 3-1 series lead, but – you know, yeah, that, yeah, that's that, the thing. It, it has, it's been a long time since they've had even that. I mean, they've had many playoff failures in 20 years or almost 20 years. And listen, they're, I mean, it, the players and the fans are not the same thing. Just seeing Leafs fans on Twitter and all the things, and they were really giddy last night, naturally you'd expect that. But they're still freaked out. Like They are like, oh, my God, oh, my God, 3-1. Like they, you know, it, if any little thing goes wrong in game five, Obviously, you know where everybody's mind is going to go. For the Lightning's part right now, I mean, this is what I've always said about anytime you're trailing in a series by multiple games, whether it's 
I mean, 3-0 is not as common, but whether it's 3-1, 2-0, whatever it is, the way I look at it, in every other sport, single elimination especially, you know, you got to win whatever it is in the NCAA tournament. It's six games in a row in the Super Bowl. you got to win three, usually four. It depends if you're a wild card or not. So I don't look at it as, oh, man, we got to come back from down 3-1. I look at it as, okay, we're in the quarterfinal on Thursday night. Win, and we're in the semifinal for game six, and win again. We're in the championship for game seven. Teams have to do that all the time in other sports, win three games in a row, whatever, in the playoffs, and you, you can't lose. In series-formatted sports like hockey, obviously you get some leeway. But just like, what was it? Is it Star Wars? I'm not a Star Wars guy. Is it Star Wars where Harrison Ford says, never tell me the odds? Is mm-hmm. that what that is? Yep, yeah. Han Solo, yep. I'm going to tell you the odds and numbers corner regardless. But if I was the Lightning, yeah, I don't want to know the odds. Just let's go play game five. If you can win game five, which will not be easy, admittedly, but if you can do that, you have a game six in Tampa. And now Toronto's got – I don't know if they have pressure yet, but they have pressure if we can somehow win game five because they don't want to go to a – I don't care where the game's played. They don't want to go to a game seven. And then they go into freak out, here we go again mode. In their minds, I would think. Well, look, Toronto would like nothing better than not to get on a plane to Tampa on Friday. Of course. You know, so there, there's a little bit of pressure, at least that way, of, hey, we'd like to wrap this up. Let's not have – let's not get on a plane to Tampa and risk anything. Let's rest up, et cetera. So there's a little bit of pressure there. Uh, but, you know, I mean, they still have a, a two-game advantage at this point. You know, they've got two games in hand, basically, they can lose and, and still advance, so – but, yeah, I mean, it, it's you can't win three games before you win one. And, right. you know, the, the Lightning have to. It's basically it's a one-game season. If you win that, then it's another one-game season. I mean, that's how you have to look at this. You can't look oh, yeah, at it no. as winning three games. No, no, you don't even worry about that. Like I said, you're, you're mm-hmm. looking at one game. I know it's a cliche, but it really is true. And then if you can do that, all of a sudden, six is not, you know. It, and plus, like you said, two games is the advantage they have. Lightning don't have to win three games in a row. They have to win two games in a row. And then both teams have to win one game in a row if that happens. Because mm-hmm. then it's the same for both teams. Game sevens are their own thing. They're independent. They, they, and obviously, we're nowhere near even having one of those yet. But that's how it's going to have to be if the Lightning are going to come back in this series. But still a lot of positive. I mean, I thought the Nikita Kucherov, I want to mention the positives. I don't want to skip over all the positive stuff. I thought the, the Kalorin goal to open the scoring. I love, I mean, over the years we've seen it multiple times, but I love Kucherov's wind-up pump fake like he's mm-hmm. going to rip a slap shot, then just a pinpoint slap pass and, and an easy dunk for Kalorin. That was beautiful. No, I his, love the first the goal. two goals. His passes on the first two goals were fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and he had a bad giveaway on the first Toronto goal. But you take the good with the bad with Cooch, and the good is way, 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 way more than the bad. And, yeah, I mean, just beautiful stuff. The second Kaloran goal was just really satisfying. I love the way Hagel skated in, left it for Kaloran, still provided the screen. Samsonov doesn't even move. My son, I guess he watches too much YouTube, but you ever heard of ASMR? Like, it's like little sounds and things, and mm-hmm. like, it's things that are really satisfying to either watch or listen to. He said the goal was like ASMR, the way it like rattled around inside. It didn't touch anything, hit the frame, popped out. Samsonov doesn't even move. Just a great finish from Kalorn. That was really cool to see. Everything. Everything was just beautiful for a while there. It was just, it, that's what makes it so hard this morning. Uh, they didn't win the game because, I, I mean, and I don't believe in these. Even though I'm a big numbers guy, I'm always throwing out numbers. Win probability is one that I feel like isn't usually accurate. Because how many times do you see 
oh, so-and-so's win probability at this point was 99.3%, and they still lost. And you see that all the time, and I feel like you see it way more than 1% or 0.7% of the time. And, for example, in both Game 3 and Game 4 now, the Lightning have been at 98% win probability or more at some point in the third period and lost both games. And I, I don't know if I'd say I agree that those win probabilities were that high. But yeah, it's they were over ninety percent to win both games. Maybe the three goal, maybe the three goal lead with eleven minutes to go. Yeah, it could be ninety-eight, but a one goal lead with just over a minute to go in the third—that's not ninety-eight percent. That feels like it's in the eighties, probably. Yeah, it I mean, just feels like because you know they're going to pull a goal. It's going to be a six-on-five, right? Attack, which it was, and that they scored the goal on that. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I, I that ninety-eight percent seems a little high in that regard anyway two games in a series in a row where you're at 98 percent to win and you lose both of them you don't normally win series like that but i'll say if things with a one percent probability can happen against us things with a much better than one percent probability can happen before us got an email here from aaron thank you for emailing aaron he says, uh, like you mentioned, this is not the same Tampa team from the last three years. The identity of the team was to get a lead and shut the game down. These games look a lot like some of the struggles during the regular season. Are some of those bad habits showing themselves? I think the young defensemen have played pretty well, but I think no Chernak is a big reason we are where we are. What do you think? I mean, we the regular season, when that was still going on, I none of us liked what we saw there since the break. But I always say, just because we know this from watching hockey so much over the years, none of it's going to matter once the playoffs start. Once the puck drops, that's that. And I kind of feel like that's been true, Steve. I mean, the Lightning have played a completely different way than they were playing in the lead-up to the final, you know, the end of the season. They're after the break, those final few weeks. And yet it has shown its ugly face just for brief, albeit pivotal moments in the series. I think what Aaron's saying, I mean... Basically, it just goes back to what we've been saying overall. They're just weaker defensively. And I also think they're still a little bit tired. I think this is all... I, honestly, Steve, I thought last season was going to... I just thought they didn't have it in them anymore. I didn't think they had the juice for that first-round series against Toronto. I was stunned. Not stunned, but I was surprised they were able to come back three separate times. It's amazing what they've... That's why I can't be mad. It's amazing what they've already done. But, I mean, eventually all this stuff was going to catch up to them. And it still may not. They still may win this series... But do you feel like they're just out of gas mentally from having to do what they've done for three straight years? Uh, it's possible. I I just th- I think they're not as good defensively, and they're playing a really good Toronto Maple Leafs team, a team that's better than they were last year. They're getting you know the one advantage you had going into this series on paper was your goalie play. Vazzy hasn't played as well as he normally does, or you expect, and Samsonov's been better than you expected. You know, he gives up a lot of rebounds, but you know Toronto's okay. done a great. They've been a, they've done a great job of not letting the Lightning get to those rebounds, and, and so you know he's playing better than you expected. Vasilevsky's maybe not playing as well as you hoped, and the Lightning just aren't as good defensively overall. And and Toronto, like like I said, there's a reason they're the what third or fourth or whatever it was in the regular season best team in, in hockey this year. They're loaded, and, and yeah. they, the, a lot of the acquisitions they made at the trade deadline are working out well. Like, Ryan O'Reilly's been fantastic for this team. 
their deadline versus our deadline mm -hmm. has been a thing in this series. Not that Janot's been bad or anything like that. They just, they just did more. Well, they, they were able to make bigger splashes because the right. Lightning for years now have been making those splashes with Goodrow and Coleman and David Savard and, and Brendan Hagel and Nick Paul. I mean, you know, at some point you run out of draft picks and assets and cap room to make trades. You know, Toronto hasn't been doing that the last few years like the Lightning had. And so, yeah. you know, it's all part of the salary cap and the parity that all the league cycle. wants to create. It's good. I mean, it's fine. I, I, the thing I think that I see here and that I guess is harder to swallow, you say, hey, they're weaker defensively and Toronto's just really good. Yes, but the Lightning have been able to do it for long stretches, and then mm -hmm. when they're just oh so close at the end, they just don't have the juice to see it over the goal line. Like It'd be one thing if they just couldn't contain this Toronto team. But they contained them all night last night until the final, you know, it was three goals in six minutes starting with ten minutes to go. They contained them the other night, too, in game three, all night. You know, two mm -hmm. goals, fine, no big deal. Then they let the game tire in and then overtime they don't have. It's not like they can't do it. They do it for long stretches and then they falter in the very final moments. That's the part. You know, it'd be one thing if I just didn't think they were good enough defensively to stop a team like this, but I know that they're better than this. Well, for instance, and last night, I mean, you know, okay, so they gave up the rush. It made a bad play, a mistake. Was it mental? Was it because they're fatigued, or they just made a mistake on the ice to make the 4-2 goal? Then they right. take a, a, a bad penalty. Bogosian can't put his stick between his legs. And, and whether, you know, whether the Maple Leaf player dove a little bit knowing the stick was between his legs – you put the yeah, stick there. You can't still, do that. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, wh whether he, you know, embellished it a little bit, I mean, that happens. But don't put the stick there. It doesn't happen. You know, so all of a sudden now you've made it a one-goal game because of two bad plays. Now, was that because of fatigue in the last three years and four or four years, whatever you want to say, mentally in that? Maybe that's part of it. Or did they just make a bad play on the ice? Unfortunately, two of them kind of back-to-back -back at a time when you needed to lock it down. Yeah, and, and I, only, only team, the guys in the room can tell you whether right. that's the mental fatigue from three playoff runs or if it's just we messed up. Yeah, and, and Toronto's a team defending them is like kind of like holding a stick of dynamite. Like you can have it in your hand very calmly, but you literally have to have your focus on nothing but that every millisecond. If you mm -hmm. slip up even for a second, and you know before you even turn around, boom, boom, and that. So yeah, you can do it for fifty minutes or forty-five minutes or whatever. You can't lapse even for a little bit, and to their credit, they took advantage. So here we are, Lightning down 3-1 in the series. We're going to give you numbers corner on the other side. That's what we do on this show. If you don't want to hear the odds, that's fine. They exist whether you want to acknowledge them or not, and we will talk about not just that, but all of the different numbers uh, that are a part of this series. There are a few that stand out for sure. That and more. Again, email me if you want to. BobbyGameDay at Yahoo.com is the email address on Twitter at BobbyGameDay. I'm Bobby Fenton along with Steve Versnick. We'll be back for another segment on the strike. 1025 HD2 in the Lightning mobile app. Bolts Nation, it's time to strike back. Ah! Don't miss your chance to experience the excitement of Stanley Cup playoff hockey. Secure your tickets today at TampaBayLightning.com. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Be the Thunder. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind with Bobby Fenton. 
on Lightning Radio 24-7 on the Lightning Mobile app. Difficult to process at the, at the moment. Obviously, having that lead and letting it slip away is tough, but we got to get over it. We got a, a game to win, so we look forward to the next game. You know, it sucks. Like I said, I like part of our games, this game and last game. So those are things we for sure got to build on. Obviously, not there in the third. I think I said we might be better there, but uh, you know, it's a short memory for us. We got to go out there and be ready to go for game five and come with that same mentality. I think we got to look at the big picture here and say we are still coming to the rink. So, season's not done yet. Like he said, and like I always say, you got a next game, you got a next game. It's always a really bad feeling when you finally don't have a next game, but we're not there yet. We have a next game. It's on Thursday night. It's game five. It'll be at 7 o'clock in Toronto. Lightning going to be off today fully. No practice, nothing. Then they'll practice tomorrow before flying up there Thursday night. Game six, Bobby Fenton along with Steve Versnick. Final segment of the show here on Lightning Playoff Rewind. I got a tweet from Linda on Twitter there saying, Bobby, I think the problem is, one, how quickly the Leafs shoot. They shoot without hesitation. How do you defend against that? Two, we can't do penalties. If they score, make them earn it. Trust Vassy. She is right about that, Steve. And speaking of trusting Vassy, let's do numbers corner right now, as we always do, and look at some of the more, what I think are more, pertinent facts about the series that maybe don't stand out to the eye test. Well, first of all, the basic numbers. That was the 208th all-time playoff game in Lightning history last night. 101 starts now for Andre Vasilevsky. Anyway, the franchise is 120 wins and 88 losses in those 100 or 208 playoff games, which is amazing, by the way, to have that good of a playoff record, including 25 and 11 in their playoff series, this being the 37th in this series now. The team to score first is 3-1. and one. That's always such a big, big stat. But last night was the first time, unfortunately, the team to score first didn't win. The home team is only 1-3. For the NHL playoffs, Steve, overall, the team to score first is 23-9. and nine. The visiting teams now have won seven of the last eight, though, and home teams are only 16-16 and 16 in these playoffs. And at first, the first two games, you've got the higher seeds at home. Now everybody's played four games in their series, so both the high and low seed teams have played an equal number of home and road games. And just like every other year, you know, I know you, if you got to choose, well, I'd rather be in home than not, but it really truly does not matter, Steve. 16 and 16, the 500 record. doesn't matter where you play these games. I'd rather start on the road, but yeah. I'd like game seven at home. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a, you know, if, if you're not going to go to seven games, then let me start on the road because there's less pressure. You know, you just need to take one of two and you put the pressure back on the other team, which is what the Lightning did in this series. Yep. Unfortunately, they couldn't hold home serve at home and they lost both those games in overtime to be down three to one. But, yeah, I'd rather start on the road in the playoffs, but I do want game seven at home. So Exactly. You can't have both. And if you look at the numbers, like we're saying, oh, home team, road team doesn't matter that much. In a game seven isolated, it does pay to be the home team. If we get that far, we'll go over all that stuff. But I'm not even going to entertain that right now. I'm just going to worry about game five. Um this one, overtime, the Lightning's hallmark, not just in the past few years, but really over the course of their existence, has been just a knack for overtime. They were at one point 21-9 and nine as a franchise in playoff overtime. They're now 22-18 and 18 after last night. They have lost nine of their last 10 OT games going back to – in the bubble – when they won the Stanley Cup in 2020, they were 6-2 and two in those overtimes. They were money, but they did lose the last one to the Stars when they had the chance to win the Cup in overtime, won the next game instead. But since that game, they've lost 9 of 10 in OT. And I know it's random, but 
that's pretty flip a mm-hmm. go flip a coin ten times and see how often it comes out nine to ten in either direction. Not very often. Yep. And and the only overtime win in that span was Braden Point in game yep. six last year against Toronto at Amelie Arena. To force yeah, to game force seven. Game seven. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't win the series without that. It's weird. You know, they they've only in their entire history for having won three Stanley Cups, having been to five Stanley Cup finals, having a twenty five and eleven playoff series record. And having a 22 and 18 overall overtime record, do you know how many times they've won a playoff overtime game on home ice? Not the bubble, but actual home ice. It's four ever. Wow. And I was at, I was in the arena for all four. I remember Alexander Selivanov in 1996. That was before you were in Tampa, I Mm -hmm. think. Yes. Uh, The anniversary anniversary of that goal was just, uh, I think it was Sunday. Yeah. And let me tell you this. Again, they've won three Stanley Cups. They've had all this playoff success. If you ask me to list my favorite games in Lightning history, that's probably number two. Like, I was 16 years old. We'd never done anything ever. That was our first playoff. And to at the Thunderdome, that crowd, to take a 2-1 series lead on the big, bad Flyers, it was unbelievable. So, Selivanov did that one. Uh, Marty had a game winner to close out the Islanders in round one of the Cup season in 2004. You had Kucherov against the Rangers in 2015, and then Braden Point last season. That's it. That's the only four times they've ever won in overtime on home ice. They're four and nine, and actually they're three and nine because the one was at the drop. They're three and nine at Amelie Arena when a game goes to overtime, as far as that goes. But having lost nine of ten is a tough one to swallow. So now let's get to the goaltending numbers. I always look at the metrics and stuff. Moneypuck.com is a great resource. If you're into that sort of thing, it tells you a lot about, uh, you know, the analytical side of things, stuff that maybe you didn't notice on the eye test. First of all, the deserve to win a meter last night for the game, the Lightning were dominating that game, all game, and were up in the 60s and 70s. After the late flurry and, of course, the win by Toronto, Of course, this isn't looking at win or loss. It's just looking at who should have won based on the chances and based on the way the game was played. Lightning come out at 52% to Toronto's 48% on the deserve to win a meter. So it ended up being almost even. Expected goals, all situations, it was close. But the Lightning 3.22 and Toronto 3.06. As far as each individual player, their expected goal share while they were out there, a pretty good game. The Lightning, again, were leading this uh, by a ton, and then it kind of leveled out late. But still, very solid games from Kucherov and Hagel. They were the two Lightning leaders in expected goal share, both near 70%. Stamkos was good last night. Maroon, Sorelli, even Point, who didn't look like himself, like you said. And even Bogosian, who took the bad penalty, all around 60%. Same with Hedman. Guys who were not as high and below 50%. Bellamar, Radish, Janot. I thought Perbix has looked really good. He didn't have a, a great game score last night, but overall in this series, I think he's accounted for himself very well. And if, if you're looking for positive signs of the future, you know he's one of them for sure. I think he and Radish have both yeah. performed pretty well. I mean, their first playoffs rookies. I think both have looked. You know, I mean, they're going to improve and they're going to get better as time goes on. But I think they've both held their own very well. They have, and then you get to the goaltending numbers. And like I said, for this game. Vasilevsky's expected goals against was 3.062. Actual goals against was five. And then you're not as encouraged as when you look at Perbix and Radish. I looked at the whole series, just added everything up. Goal save versus expected for the entire series. Samsonov, 
Expected goals allowed based on what he's faced, 12.02. He's given up 15, so he's in the negatives by about three goals. That ranks 16th of 18 goalies who have played in these playoffs more than just a flash appearance in one game. So if I had, before we even go any further, Steve, if I had told you before the series that through four games, Samsonov is going to rank 16th of 18 goaltenders in expected, or goal saved versus expected, you would have felt really, really good about that, right? Like that would have sounded good to you. Absolutely. Well, Vasil- yeah, I mean, Vasilevsky expected goals faced 13.92. He's given up 19, five and change above expected. That ranks 18th of 18 goaltenders in these playoffs. And all these other stats we talked about or all these other things we think we've seen or haven't seen, quite frankly, I'm amazed we even won a game when you have, I mean, if you had told me before the series Vassy was going to rank 18th of 18 in goals saved above or below expected, I wouldn't have believed you, first of all. But second of all, yeah, I would have thought we'd get swept. And hell, you know, if it doesn't change, they might come close to that. But it also gives me heart that if he can somehow be his usual self or even close to it going forward, this series can still swing, maybe. Look, anytime you have Vasilevsky in that, You've got a shot to win. Now, you know, if he plays the way he's played the first four games of the series, it's going to be tough to win three in a row. But if he can play like the Vasilevsky we're used to seeing and know that he's capable of, then you've got a shot to win three in a row. I mean, you know, he's still the best goalie on the planet. Whether yeah, he's, hey, going he, forward, I'd still pick him for next game every time. Yep, and, and whether, you know, he's struggled this postseason for whatever reason – you, you know he's he's still the goalie I'm going to take if I had to pick one goalie to win to, to go win me a game game five take any goalie in the league who are you going to take I'm still taking Vasilevsky now no we'll question. see if he can perform and, and do it and then if you win that game he's the goalie I take for game six yep you know so as long as they have Vasilevsky back there they have a shot to win three in a row they can they can I mean we know this team can win three in a row Oh, sure. I mean, it's not that, you know. And they've shown it in this series that they can play well enough to win three in a row. They've got to be able to hold it the whole game. Yeah. And, and then that brings us to our final portion of Numbers Corner. Exactly what are the Lightning facing historically teams in their position? What do they do? And again, if you don't like hearing this stuff, you can turn it down or whatever, but I'm going to give it to you straight. Down three, what I like to look at specifically teams in a specific position. So not just all teams down 3-1. All time, anywhere, never home, road, low seed, high seed, teams down 3-1 are 31 and 298 in these series. That's a .094 win percentage, so just shy of 10% of the time. But I'm talking about as the lower seed, meaning games 5 and 7 are on the road, game 6 is at home. When down 3-1 in the series... Teams in the exact position the Lightning are in in the NHL's history are 16 wins and 192 losses. That's a .077 win percentage. Now, the Lightning, as a franchise, are one of those teams. I remember 2011, they did it against the Penguins. They were down 3-1 as the lower seed. Came back. Dwayne Rollison pitched a shutout in Game 7 in Pittsburgh. That was in the first round as well. They went on to sweep the Capitals. They went on to lose to the Bruins in seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals, but that happened to the Lightning one time before. But .077 is what you're looking at for a series outcome 
in the position of the Lightning. It's happened 16 times in NHL history. Just Game 5, Steve. Forget about the rest of the series. Teams in the Lightning's position in Game 5, going back up to the home rink of the higher seat, are 78-130 and 130 in Game 5. That's a .375 win percentage. So one out of every three, roughly, is how often the series even gets extended to six. That's the task the Lightning have in front of them right now. Well, you know, you tell me there's a chance. So there's the odds. One and three. One and three with a team that has had their backs against the wall before, particularly game six last year, yep. where they had to win to force a game seven to keep a series going, and with a team with Vasilevsky in that, and veterans that have done this before. So, right. you know, Toronto's a really good team. They're going to feel some pressure to win that game at home and break a 20-year playoff drought. And, and the Lightning have nothing to lose at this point. No. Go out no, and play I mean, your best game. Exactly. I mean, we can't be mad. After all they've given us, we cannot be upset. And I'll tell you one stat I didn't look up. What's the record of teams down 3-1 going on the road for Game 5 that have won two out of the last three Stanley Cups and been to three straight Stanley Cup finals? I don't have to look it up, though. It's 0-0 zero because zero, yeah. mm-hmm. that those other teams didn't do that. They didn't have that pedigree. So, yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one isn't the same as and, all those other ones were. And the Lightning have come back from a 3-1 series deficit before to advance. Back in 2011 yep. against the Penguins. As a matter right. of fact, uh, if you listen to the Lightning radio broadcast last night, Kevin Erlinson had that in our pregame show. Yeah, uh, It was Dwayne kind of the Rolson. anniversary Shut of out. Game 6 and 7, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as a franchise, they've done it. We'll see. Mm-hmm. A couple of those guys were on that team uh, that are with us now. Either way, mm-hmm. let's. We, we did it. I wanted to do it. We, we had to do it. We had to go just get everything last night. We had to talk about it. You can't just let that stuff simmer. It's out now. Everything now is looking forward to game six Thursday night. What's the schedule look like for Lightning Radio going forward up to face-off? Well, Lightning Power Lunch uh, today and tomorrow at noon with Dave Michigan and Greg Linelli, of course. Uh, then Thursday night, you'll have the pregame skate. Eric Erlinson, Bobby the Chief Taylor at 6 o'clock. Greg Linelli with the network pregame at 6.30. Of course, Dave and Braden Coburn will be on the call in Toronto on Thursday night. So uh, it'll be Dave Michigan and Braden Coburn, and then uh, post-game with Greg Linelli, last call with uh, Chief and Eric as well. There you go. It's going to be a, a huge sports night on Thursday. It's going to be great because you've got the Lightning game, you've got the NFL draft, you've got the, the race play, I think, Thursday night, right? Or they have a day game, I have to look. But they probably play Thursday night as well. And so a lot will be going on, but first and yeah, foremost, they're in Chicago. They're in Chicago. They're in Chicago. So, yeah, okay, you gotta, yeah. You're going to need three TVs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've got a big party for everybody coming mm-hmm. over because we always do it for the draft and with the Lightning game as well. So we're going to have a huge yeah. thing here on Thursday night with buddies coming over yeah. and stuff like that. And the I'm Lightning watch party TVs. for Thursday night will be at the Pier in St. Pete. So That's right. The Pier, it's going to be a lot of fun. I would open up my place to the public, but I'll let you guys go to the Lightning watch party instead over at the Pier. I, I recommend that anyway. <laughs> and they always have great watch parties. They're a ton of fun. So go check that out. And then we'll see what happens. We'll be back 47 hours from right now. No, no, no. 70, 71 Oh, no, you're hours. right. I forget it's three days. 71 hours. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. I'm so used to saying 47 hours. But we get it three days this time. And hopefully we'll be getting ready to do a Game 6 preview and not doing our final show of the season. That remains to be seen. But, Steve, it's been fun. Thanks so much. Enjoy the next couple of days. And in the meantime, folks, get it out of your system. Get your minds right positive attitude we're looking forward to game six that's lightning playoff rewind thanks to everybody who listened thanks to steve versnick i'm bobby fenton and we will talk to you in a few days here on the strike 1025 hd2 and the lightning mobile app